Good morning, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I didn't even have to Google to find my way back up here. But it's, 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 it's good to be back up here, though. It's good to be back up here. And I, I, must, I must take the time out. And when I say I won't hold you long today, you can bank on that one today. Because it's this kind of a trial run to get back in the swing. Because the last thing I need is to pass out up here and, and, and be set back. But I have to stop and thank God first for his blessings, for watching over this congregation, and thank God for those brothers that stepped up and carried on, you know, while I sat down, Brother Cowrie, Brother Jackson, Brother Bobby, and Brother uh, Gerard. I want to say thank you. I know some of them not here. Brother Jackson uh, has a virus. He's ill today, him and his wife. And uh, I believe Gerard had drilled. Got Brother Kyrie over there sporting no Chuck Tails. <laughs> Brother, I want to say thank you. Yes, sir. And Bobby, I want to say thank you um, for being there. And I understand they weren't doing it for me per se. They, they were doing it because of their love and their care for the Lord and for the church. And that's the way it should be. That's right. That's right. And, uh, I, I always say, you know what, if Brother May and whenever Brother May kill over, you know, the work of the church goes on. And that's, that's not to be disrespectful in any kind of way, but folks, can we be real? The, the sun don't shine, it don't rise and shine on me and revolve around me. And the work of the church should not rise and, and revolve around me. Christ is the head. Yes, Christ is the head. Amen. So regardless of which one of us might drop dead, the head is still living. Amen. And the work of the church must go on. Yes, and that's not any disrespect to anybody. Amen. When, when a congregation have to close its doors because a man died, you, 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 you better check it out. Amen. What was the focus of that congregation in the first place? Amen. So I want to say thank you. And, and I had to say that because I am very grateful. And not only just grateful. Man, I enjoy some good teaching. Amen. I enjoy some good teaching. Some, yeah. some great lessons that were brought about. Yeah. And I look forward even in the future you know, hearing many more, many more, because I just truly believe there's room at the foot of the cross for everybody. Amen. And there's room in the Lord's church for everybody to contribute and to pitch in and to serve. Amen. I just believe there's room for everybody. Amen. And uh, if, if, if you're one of those persons who come week after week after week and you're just sitting out there, trust me, you won't. You won't be sitting out there long. You know, we said around the first of the year, either you're going to get involved and get on board or you're going to get up out of here. It's a train that passes every so often out there. You're going to have to get on it and go. 
because there is something for everybody to do Amen. in the Lord's church. Amen. Amen. Especially men. Especially our brothers. Yeah. It's something. I don't care if you just get up and pass out response cards or, 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 or stand at the door and shake somebody's hand or whatever. We know you're married. I don't know where, where did this come from I got to sit with my wife on Sunday I'm not against that but you're going home to her there's work to do in the Lord's church and if she can't trust you sitting up in here your problem bigger than <laughs> you, you really got a problem Brothers, we need you involved. We need you involved. We need you to uh, take a lead and get involved. And in and, and a few weeks, if, if you ain't stepping up and doing something, be calling your name out. In love. In love. Because there's something for everybody to do. You don't sit around on your job and not contribute and do anything because when it comes time for a promotion or a raise or something you say well I ain't done nothing they're not going to offer me anything well guess what you'll never be able to pay the debt that was paid don't get me wrong you ain't going to work your way into heaven but you still going to need to take some works with you when you close your eyes. Amen. And the, the starting point can be getting involved around here. Yeah. Yeah. So let that be something to uh, dwell on in your mind that we need your participation. We need you to get involved. Every, everything don't have to be out front. Some of the greatest work, some of the greatest service is done behind the scene. But I'm just simply saying, it's something for everybody to do. Never let it be said as a member of the Lord's church, I ain't have nothing to do. It's always something to do. There's always some people to pray for. Always some evangelizing that need to be done. Always somebody you can offer a smile to. Always a shoulder you can loan to somebody to lean on because somebody's always hurting and going through something. Amen. Oh, it's plenty to do. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So with that, let's look at Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59, this past Wednesday had a very good class talking about prayer and what God hear and what he don't hear concerning the sinner. And Isaiah 59, I think, wraps it up very simple behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not what here. For your hands are defiled 
with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue had muttered perverseness. perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleaded for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch, <laughs> they hatch cockatrice eggs and weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. What is it that the Lord can't do? I would say there's only one thing God can't do, and that is fail. But there are some things that can hinder God from carrying out what he would like to do. And the Bible teaches us here in Isaiah 59, it says, sin, sin, sin is a major corporate. And hindering God from carrying out things that he would like to do in our lives. So many of us live lives and we have blessings that are blocked because of sin. We figure nobody knows about them, but God knows everything. What people don't know won't hurt them, but that is not true. Because what sin you dwell in and you are part of the body, and we're all members of that one body, what you do affects me and everybody else. If you don't believe me, ask Achan. Achan stole. And Achan caused trouble in the camp among all of God's people. And God's position about sin is the same way today. Sin can still cause trouble in the camp with God's people. But over the last several weeks, several months or so, we've been updating records and uh, updating, I guess you can say, bringing our membership role up to current status. Because we need to know who's on the Lord's side and who's not. And trust me, I've heard some of the mummering and the, the, the feedback that's been coming back and forth. Some don't like the fact that we put a list out every Sunday identifying people who are in sin, who fail to worship. And they don't give the leadership any reason or excuse why they are not in attendance. Some mumber and grumble about that. but keep on mummering and keep on grumbling. Because I'm trying to understand 
How is it that we as members of the church become the enemies? We become the bad guys for doing what God commands us to do. How is it the one that dwells in sin who failed to carry out and do what God say all of a sudden become the good guy? Does not the Bible command for us to come together upon the first day of the week? Yes or no? Does not the Bible command that the members should give that respect unto the leadership because they account for your soul? Does not the Bible teach that? So what's the problem? What's the problem? It, It seems to me if everything is honest about what you're doing and what you're going about to do, what would be so hard about contacting the leadership to say, I just want you to know I'm okay. I have to work or something came up. But see, folks, here's what so many have been caught up in doing for so long. When you don't have a check and balance in place, to put people in check and to call their and to call them out on things. Sin will continue to spread and to grow. And people become comfortable with what they're doing. That's you, you, you say to yourself, how can a person develop an attitude to miss so many Sundays or just show up every now and then? And, and not be consistent in offering worship unto God every first day of the week. It's easy when you're not held accountable. That's right. That's right. And then we play games. We play games. Yeah. Who are you to question me that I need to report to you? Open it, open your Bible. See, here is where Bible study comes in. Yeah. Open your Bible, it'll tell you who I am. Yeah. It'll tell you who Brother Bobby is. Yeah. And the capacity of serving as elders in, in the leadership of the congregation. Amen. I used this illustration before. You don't show up at your job. What's gonna happen? Very soon you won't have a job. But let's be honest. I I choose to believe that majority of us have sense enough to call in. Whether we're lying about being sick or not. We're going to call in and say, I won't be in today. And if you read the scriptures, folks, the Bible said the members should give the honor and respect unto the leadership because it's for your profit. It's beneficial for you. Have you ever stopped to think of how great of a feeling it is that if you don't show up somewhere where you're supposed to and somebody call and check and say, hey, I was just concerned. Amen. Amen. I used to tell my son, you know, when he was younger, 
about traveling, about going different places. I said, you need to let somebody know. Yeah. I said, I'm not trying to keep up with every step that you make, but in the event something happens, it's good to have a starting point yeah. to start searching. Amen. I said, because see, when you don't want anybody to know anything, anything can happen to you, you could be laying out there in a ditch. Yeah. Yeah. And you could be praying to God, let somebody find me. Let somebody, ain't nobody gonna find me. Yeah. Because see, you were so private. And you didn't want anybody to know. Yeah. So how would anybody know to come over to where you are? Amen. It's the same thing spiritually. Amen. It's not about getting into your business. It's about helping you. That's right. Because we all have the same adversary. That we're fighting against. Yes, but he would choose to try to flip the script to make us believe sometime that we are e each other's enemy. Mm -hmm. That's him. I, I, I want to use an illustration and I'm going to be done this morning. Sister Tillman has a way of magic with flowers. All of us know that. I, I've seen Sister Tillman do CPR on flowers and <laughs> they came back to life. Yeah, yeah. But it's like when you drive up out there and you see the flowers blooming and standing up and giving praise to God and looking up to the heavens. They don't remain, they didn't become that way by themselves. Even though God provides the rain, the sun, and everything else, there's an adversary out there among the flowers yeah. called weed. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And from time to time, Sister Tillman, she'll go out there and she'll pull out all of these weeds and everything because what would happen if she did not, the weeds would choke the life out of the, out of the flowers. And you know, people have a tendency of being like weeds sometimes. Right. Right. When they don't have a made-up mind to serve God and to be true. And it always, it has always amazed me. If you're not of the mindset to be faithful and to serve God, why do you keep hanging around? Have, have you ever asked yourself that? If, if you know you're not coming for the right reason, if you know your heart isn't in the right place, why do you keep coming around? A bunch of people who are trying to do what's right. It goes to show you what the true intent of what you are about. And you have to eradicate the weed from around the flowers. And I, you're going to get where I'm going in a moment. We're on a cleanup mission around here. Right. And that's not, that's not to be mean-spirited. 
But we're on a cleanup mission. Over the last several months, we've been reaching out to some members and, you know, they won't respond. They turn a deaf ear to the outreach and the church is just not a priority in their life anymore. So eventually what we're going to have to do, we're, we're not in a way, we, we care about people's souls. But you can't allow dead weight. You can't allow weeds to lay around and sit around and choke the life out of other people. I find it amazing people who turn their back on the church and who are unfaithful, they don't want to attend the worship, but they'll call you through the week and want to hang out with you. Something ain't right about that. And you need to be cautious. You need to be mindful of the fact that if they're not willing to respect your God, what fellowship should you have with darkness? There's no need for you hanging around people who turn their back on God or, or who refuse to humble themselves and obey the gospel. And I know to some of you, you'll say, that, that's hard and mean. No, that's, a, that's the truth. Light has no fellowship with darkness. Amen. How many times have we read that throughout the scriptures? Ask yourself, why is it these, some of these same people who will not come back to church and I'm saying, even if they don't want to come back to Locust Grove, they want to go somewhere else. Fine, as long as you're back. But no, they, they, they got this bitterness in their heart about the church, but yet they still want to hang around God's people. Why? Why? They want to live the way they want to live and do the things they want to do out in the world, but yet they don't want to come up in the Lord's house. They don't want to repent. But they'll ask you to pray for them. We're doing some house cleaning. And you could call it mean spirited, you could call it what you want. I, I call it doctrine. I call it fulfilling what the scripture teaches concerning those who will not adhere to what the Bible teaches. Turn over to Ephesians. Uh, what am I... Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. 
12, 21. The Bible said, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the formal conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be what? Renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. So we're told to put off something. But not to remain naked, but to put on something. Put off concerning the formal conversation of the old man, which is what? Corrupt. Darkness. According to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How are we renewed? Through the word, through the teaching of the word, through yeah. prayer, meditation, fellowship. Yeah. Be renewed. You cannot have a renewed spirit unto righteousness and holiness hanging around unholy and ungodly people. Amen. Can, can I say what some of you are thinking? Man, you, you're trying to make the church seem like a cult. Oh, man. No, sir. no, the church is not a cult. No, sir. The church is just a, 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 a group of people set apart. Yeah. Set apart the ecclesia. Yeah. The called out yeah. for the purpose of glorifying and serving God. And not the world. Amen. No, it's not a cult. That's right. How is it you could look at the church and say, well, you're making it sound like the church is a cult. Well, what do you call it when you're out there serving the world? Right. What do you call it when you're out there fulfilling the lustful desires of your flesh? Amen. What do you call that? The Bible said Jesus is coming back one day for a church. And there are some conditions that must be met regarding his church for him to take it back and present it unto himself. Must be without spot or wrinkle. Well, tell me, folks, how do do we get to that point? Let let me just talk about Locust Grove. How does Locust Grove get get to that point that it can present itself without spot or wrinkle? We have to separate ourselves. We have to encourage one another. We have to exhort one another. And we have to, guess what? We have to hold one another accountable. 
God's view of sin has not changed, folks. And if we're going to please God, if we're going to have any chance whatsoever of making it to heaven, we're going to have to hold one another accountable. Ephesians 5, verse 3. Back up to verse 1, Ephesians 5. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also had loved us, and had given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Listen to this. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness let it not be once named among you as becometh what? Saints. Saints. It said let it not be named among you. How many times? Not once. Not once. So when a person want to live in, in, a, in a situation with a man or a woman and they're, they're shacking and uh, a man want to be a whoremonger jumping from one woman to another. A woman want to be a whoremonger jumping around with man to man. You know what? They can't dwell among us. That's right. We'll be happy to receive them if they repent. Amen. But we cannot, listen to me, we cannot as God's people sit idle and know people live like that and doing stuff like that and sit like a like a, a ostrich with his head in the sand. Yeah, right. They affect all of us. Yeah. Because we are all members of one body. Sin is sin, folks. Yes, it is. And the Bible said, God's face is hidden from us when we allow sin to come between him and God, us and God. How do we present Locust Grove as that, that, that glorious church? That church without spot or blemish. Is it possible? Yes. Oh, it's possible. It's possible. But we got to have some members with made up minds that, hey, this is truly the life I want to live. Yeah. If being a Christian to you is just popping in every other Sunday or hanging around on Sunday and you feel you've done a great work, you know what? You got the wrong concept. It's bigger than that. And rest assured, we're going to close our eyes one day. So, What I would like to offer 
unto you today is some encouragement. Because we love to sit back and worry about everything. But folks, God has never needed large numbers to do great works. Can I say that again? God has never needed large numbers to do great works. Brother Bobby, you know, weeding out and finding out who's on the Lord's side and everything. See, now, now we're at the point we can really know who we got to depend on. Now we know who we can go to and ask and, and seek out for different things versus, you know what, just because you got a big crowd, that don't mean everybody's faith. That's right. That's right. I've always said you need to get rid of the weed so the flowers can grow. And I'm not, I'm not of the heart to run anybody away. Right. But if your heart ain't right, why you want to hang around here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What you looking for? If you want to go to hell, go on out there and go. And, and on that note, we need to tell some of these folks we hanging around. If you want to live like that and go to hell, you gonna go. I ain't going that way. That's right. We'll, we become so caught up in worrying about hurting people's feelings. What about how God feels? What about what God sees? What about what he's seeing in your life? Hello? We're going to continue. And, you know, I would hope you would grow and come to the realization and stop murmuring and understand what the Word of God says. It's like, it's like having a cut. And really, you need to go to the doctor to get some attention for it because it's so deep and you said, ah, I'm just going to wait. Then later on that day, that cut changes colors. Then the next day, man, pulse and everything is running. You keep saying, ah, I'm just going to wait. Next thing you know, infection is set in and everything. You still holler, I'm, I'm going to wait. And now gangrene is set in and everything. And now they got to cut your finger off or leg off or arm off. And you said, I should not have waited. And that's the same way we have to be about people whose heart isn't right about serving God. You can't just allow them to hang around you. Tell them, I'm seeking to do a great work for God. And I can't come down to be fooling around with you. You ever 
You ever thought about what impact that would have if you just called somebody hand like that? But have you ever thought about why they feel so comfortable acting like that around you? Why do they feel it's okay for them to curse, drink, talk about who they laid up and screwed the other night and everything? Why do they feel comfortable talking about that around you? When we just read right here, right here, we just read, let it not be once, what? Named among you as becometh saints. Yeah. Why do they feel comfortable talking about stuff like that around you? Right. Check yourself. Yes, Check yourself. Oh, it's great that you come every Sunday. But you know what? The true work of a Christian is outside of these walls. Amen. This, this is the easiest part of being a Christian. Coming together on Sunday, assembling to worship. This is the easiest part of being a Christian. Ain't no adversity in here. We're all of the same mind, same judgment. The war begins when you walk outside of these doors. So why do people feel comfortable talking around you like that? Maybe it's because, hey, you, you, you make them feel comfortable. You laugh at what they're talking about. When they're talking about how they cheated on their wife or their husband. Or how many women they went through over the weekend and everything. And you just smile and say, what's so fun? We're going to present ourselves unto God to be that church. Amen. We got to renew our minds. Amen. We got to renew our minds. Yeah. That's all I have for you this morning. If you're here today and you haven't given your life over to the Lord to become a Christian. You haven't done no things that are required according to the scriptures to become saved, to have your sins remitted and to have your name added into the Lamb's Book of Life. The Bible teaches one must hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized for the remission of their sin and live faithful unto death. That's the beginning of the warfare, folks. That's the beginning of the warfare. I challenge each and every one of you this morning. If you haven't been standing up, if you haven't been representing, if you haven't been doing what is right, let today be the starting point of getting back on track. I'm going to close on this. I believe it's Matthew 10, 32, 33, when Jesus said, if you deny me before men, he said, I will deny you before my Father, which is in heaven. 
But I believe the first part in 32, he said, if you confess me before men, yeah. Yeah. he said, I will confess you before my Father which is in heaven. Man. And think about it, folks. We're going to need Jesus on that day. Man. We're going to need him. Man. Because for God to look at us for who we are without the blood of Jesus, man, we all, we all going to hell. Yes, We're going to need it. But he said, but if you deny me, I surely will deny you before my father, which is in heaven. Folks, you got a decision to make just like I have one to make every day. What is your decision going to be this morning? You're going to leave here better than you arrived? Or you're going to walk out of here and say, I don't care what you say. It's my business. You're right. And those are your sins you're going to die in. And those are the same sins that are going to send you to hell. Because Jesus said, if you die in them, where he is, you can't come. So, hey, be Mr. Big Shot. Be Miss Thing. But you're only going to hurt yourself. God is allowing you the opportunity today to get things right. Wouldn't it just make sense to take advantage of it? What's our song, Jerry? 194. 194 is our invitation song. 194. I want you to sing this morning. I want you to sing to encourage somebody to get right. I want you to sing to encourage somebody to get right. Come on, let's stand and let's sing. 194. Come from 